To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers podcast, episode 132. The Opinionated Benchwarmers are back. It's NBA playoff time, our favorite time of the year. Uh, we'll try to get through this podcast right now. You know how we're feeling. we all Lakers fans, so we know how it's going right now. We're not feeling too good, but, you know, like we always do, we always check the temperature of the podcast. Shout out to our brother Los, who couldn't be here tonight, but he will be popping in and out throughout the NBA playoffs. Uh, we'll be very active. Uh, we apologize in advance for our absence. It's been about a month, but you know how life takes over. But we're back now. Uh, Ramon, I already know how you're feeling, brother, but we're going to go ahead and do the temperature check and we'll get into it. Yeah, before I get into how I'm feeling, man, I just got to say hats off for you uh, bringing that energy to the intro or at least trying to bring that energy to the <laughs> intro <laughs> because I already know how you're feeling. Uh, you feeling just like me after just watching that Lakers game. That just really honestly zapped everything that I had in me. Like I had a pretty good day to be honest, but that Lakers game just kind of rewrote the whole day and frustrated me for the pretty much from the I was frustrated from the start of the game to the end of the game. So uh so more so hats off to you to try to bring it in that intro. Cause I don't know if I would have done the same. Yeah, man. It's tough, man. You know, we try to power through it here. Uh, of course, for the NBA listeners, uh, shout out to everybody that's been listening to us, supporting us. Uh, uh, follow us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Of course, we're going to jump into this thing right fast. Uh, we got, Of course, we got the Lakers. We'll start off with them because we've been fans of them. Uh, diehard fans have been a tough, man. Uh, the series tied 1-1. We're recording the podcast right now at 10-12 Eastern time. So it's right at fresh. You're getting those raw emotions fresh off of the Lakers game. Uh, I just go through Ramon. I go to Ramon first and just tell him. I just want to know your first raw thoughts and, and reflections on the game, man. You're just coming off of it. Yeah, honestly, man, it was a very frustrating game because, you know, for a team that uh, obviously as us being Lakers fans, you know, a team with LeBron on it, you have championship aspirations. You know, we didn't just – get to the dance just to be there. We have championship aspirations. And to me, when you have a golden opportunity with Ja uh, not playing in this particular game, uh, you kind of got a team on the ropes. And uh, I thought it was an opportunity to come out with that killer instinct. It was an opportunity to be greedy and to not just settle for a split on the road. Um, and I thought that the Lakers just didn't come out with that right mentality. You know, to me, they came out flat. And um, it was really just an, honestly a, a frustrating performance uh, from the beginning of the game to the end of the game. You know, I thought that probably for me, maybe two players really showed up tonight. 
Uh, Braun did have it in spurts, and I thought that Rui played well. And um, outside of that, I thought everybody else was just pretty bad, uh, pretty terrible. I think what it honestly, you could simply boil it down to is when Xavier Tillman is out playing AD, you likely not winning that game. So um, I thought that it was a, a, a pathetic performance from AD offensively. He was good defensively, but just pathetic offensively. And there are some things and question marks uh, for this team. I don't want to take everything, but there are some question marks um, and seeing the way that they perform, um, not only tonight, uh, but even some things towards the end of that regular season, that gives me a little bit of pause for this team at this point. Yeah, and I think at this point in LeBron's career, I mean, when he's giving you 28 and 12 at 38 years old, I think he's doing his job. Uh, at this point in his career, we're not expecting him to carry us, but he still has a talent in burst. And, you know, he still has that that youthful spring to where we get him get him to get him there then he can, you know, uh, apply uh, what we need at the time, whether it's playmaking, whether it's scoring, whether it's making threes, you know. But at the at the end of the day, this is AD's team. And we're only going to go as far. This is a clear example. We're only going to go as far as what he's gonna, where he's going to take us. And outside of his defense, like you said, Ramon, I mean, you know, you look at it, he had, what he has 12 blocks in two games. Um, I think that that's very impressive. He's been very potent defensively. Uh, but offensively, even game one, the game that we won, he wasn't really that impactful offensively. And I think that that's what's killing us here. If it, AD has to get it together, I mean, game one, he says his arm couldn't move, you know. And, and I mean, I thought I wrote us off then. I was like, okay, we're we're basically about to get eliminated. But he came back and he, he did what he did. He did his thing defensively. Um, but I mean, I, I think ultimately, I mean, it just comes to AD. I mean, are AD, are you going to play or are you not, you know, and offensively we need him. Now I will cut him some slack and I'm interested to know your thoughts because I don't know how much of it is AD or is it our team just reluctant to get him the ball or Darvin Ham drawing up plays for him? Cause I think that when they, we do draw up for him, then he can dominate. And I think even in spurts in this game, you saw, you know, he could score the ball willingly because nobody, you know, Memphis right now down Brandon Clark and Steven Adams, they don't have the height to really compete with us. Right. Yeah. But how much is it? How much would you put on a team? Just not getting him the ball. Or uh, him being aggressive? Right. I, I would say for me, I probably put it uh, 65, 35, uh, still more so putting it on AD, but I do think that a chunk of it goes on the team. And particularly, like you said, Darvin Ham. I think the thing that's frustrating for me with Darvin Ham is that we've heard Darvin say this really for weeks or months that uh, I have to figure out a way to get AD the ball. Uh, when as a head coach, are you going to figure that out? <laughs> like you can't just keep saying it. Yeah. You, you, you got at a certain point, actually do it. You keep saying, I, I wouldn't be shocked. We haven't of course seen the post game coverage because we recording a podcast right now. But I wouldn't be shocked to hear him say it again in this post game that, oh, I got to figure out better ways to get AD the ball. Well, it's time to actually do that, you know. And so I do think that it's not just solely AD, uh, but there are other question marks, uh, too, that I have as well. So, yeah, it's it disappointing. It. And we're, we're entering, we're transitioning to the Darvin Ham piece of this. Um, but before we get there, I just want to, I, I do want to, 
you know, I do want to question the Lakers effort here because they, like you said, they came out flat. You know, you could clearly see after the first quarter that we weren't going to win the game. Um, when we found ourselves down by, um, we, we found ourselves down by, I think, uh, after the first quarter, let me see. We were down by 11, um, 19 to 30 after the first quarter. So, you know, the effort wasn't there offensively, but defensively to let Xavier Tillman go off for 22 points, which is his career high in the playoffs. I mean, it just lets you know, you know, you, you got this kid shooting threes and, and making threes on us, you know. So, you know, the effort there defensively just wasn't there. The energy wasn't there. And, you know, it's just frustrating to see a team come out like that. Because, like you said, with no jaw, we smell blood. And in these types of games, it becomes concerning because it's like further as you go along, the, as you go along the playoffs, the teams will get tougher. If we're able to beat them with jaw, why, why can't we beat them without jaw, you know? Yeah, no, it, it was honestly ridiculous. I have one more thing really to say about the Lakers. And then I do want to give – Honestly, the Memphis Grizzlies, some um, credit to, you know, I don't want to just make it one sided of us dumping on the Lakers. I do want to give Memphis some credit. But um, my other piece of concern, just a little bit, and that we need to pay attention to, I'm a little concerned about D'Angelo Russell. And I say it from this regard. I do think that he was solid in game one. I thought he played a pretty good game one. Um, honestly, last year with the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, he was terrible in the playoffs. In the play-in game, when everything was on the line, he was terrible. A couple games down the stretch, when we really needed him at the end of the regular season, he was pretty bad. Now you have another opportunity where you should have smelled blood and you should have been able to do something. And to be honest, once again, in this game, he was pretty bad. Um, D'Angelo Russell is the guy that should honestly be the third best player on this team. We know that Austin Reeves has risen to the occasion of course, at times we know what Rui Hachimura has been doing lately, but D'Angelo Russell should be the third best player on this team, and he's giving me a little bit of concern. I want to see him turn it around because he does have a history of kind of flopping in the playoffs. Um, yeah, I mean, he shot two yeah. for 11, you know, five points. Like, that's not going to get it for a no. starter. No. Um, um, but, yeah, I did want to say, too, also as well, hats off to Memphis. You know, they didn't. They've done this time and time again. This isn't a team that when Ja doesn't play that they lay down. They haven't ever had that mentality over the last couple of seasons. Even I think maybe a season or so ago, they they had a better record with Ja out than him actually playing. Now, do we think that they're a better playoff team without Ja? No, I don't believe that. But saying that to say, this is a team that still is going to give you that energy and the effort. And they didn't come in ready to lay down and ready for the Lakers to take a 2-0 lead on them. They came out and said, no, you know what? We're going to come out and smack you. You know, we're going to come out as the aggressor. And so you got to give your hats off to a team that comes out like that with their back seemingly against the wall. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're well coached and they're a talented team. And uh, with Dylan Brooks and his edge, you know, he, he barking at LeBron. But it, it goes into what the anonymous, anonymous NBA players been saying about their team. They talked trash when they went, and it was quiet game one, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we'll see what happens. I mean, but I, I'll transition to Darvin Ham. Then we'll talk about what the future of the series is, and then we'll wrap this up, and we'll move on to other NBA coverage, NBA playoffs coverage. But um, I think, you know, what I will say about Darvin Ham um, is, is that I, I question his ability – to put together lineups throughout the game. I, I think that all of his lineups are questionable. 
the players that he believe in are questionable. Uh, Michael Beasley is worthless to us right now. If he's not hitting Malik, threes, Malik, Malik, Malik. what I said, Michael, Michael, Beasley. I don't know, <laughs> Freudian slip, Kansas State. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Malik Beasley, Troy Brown. I've been calling for him to be benched for at least two months now. Um, and yet they end up in the, they always end up in the game. And then Mo Bamba, is he healthy or is he not? If he's healthy, he needs to be in the game. Um, I, I question Darvin Ham and his experience and him trying to filter through this lineup. Um, Lonnie Walker hasn't played in, in at least three weeks. And I'm, I question that. I mean, I think Lonnie is a more consistent scorer than Malik Beasley and Troy Brown. And that's just my opinion. Yeah. What, I think that those are the things that concern me as we maneuver through these playoffs. Because even if we get to get through Memphis, we're gonna need we're gonna need those guys to win. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you definitely um, with the questionable lineups uh, from uh, Darvin Ham. What I would say, I never want to see a lineup of Malik Beasley and Troy Brown on the floor together. <laughs> those two guys, if you're gonna play them, we can never play those two guys together. Right now is missed open shot after missed open shot after missed open shot. And even with Troy Brown in his case, a lot of times he also misses like key open shots. Like, you know, there are big moments within the game where, okay, you this you can see it's just a big shot. This will change the momentum in the game. He'll be wide open. Brick. Brick. Like, I honestly, personally, I don't see what Darvin Ham sees in him. So I don't understand that. And I... You know, I'm trying not to go too hard or go in on the guy, but saying that to say, I do agree with you. I don't understand some of the lineup decisions and choices. I don't understand at times, like you said, why you won't play Mo Bamba. I think that there's room for him, even even with Steven Adams not playing, even with Brandon Clark not being in the fold. I still think that there's room in some minutes for Mo Bamba to be able to play. I don't think that, you know, running lineups where LeBron has to be at the five for an extended period of time or or Rui is the pseudo five for an extended period of time is beneficial. You went out and even signed more big depth. Of course, it's emergency depth with Tristan Thompson, but you signed emergency big help and you won't even use a big that should be in your rotation. So I, I don't get it. And like you said, it does give me concern for later, potentially in the playoffs, because we know that there are some excellent coaches that still sit out there. And so I'm a little concerned of adjustments being made or making sound lineup decisions, all that kind of stuff. We do understand. I understand LeBron is is great and all that kind of stuff. But even the significance, you saw the huddle when LeBron was drawn up to play instead of Darvin Ham. You saw that. I know I saw mm-hmm. that. So yeah. it gives me some, a pause, you know, a little concern. Yeah, Darvinham, uh yeah, he – I mean, I think he, you know, he, he's not a head coach, you know. That's so far what I've seen. And I think the fact that he didn't have his team ready to play tonight, you know, it, it, it says a lot to me. You know, the only person that was ready was LeBron, like you mentioned. You know? And Rui. Rui. Rui, 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 yeah. Rui picked up where he left off. And, you know, we'll, we'll see. So – um, as we wrap this up, where do you think this series is going, is going right now? Tied uh, at 1-1 as of today. Yeah, I'm still going to rock with the Lakers getting it done in six. Um, I really thought that this series was something that could be done in in four uh, if the Lakers got it done tonight. But by them not getting it done tonight, uh, I do think that I'm going to still stick with maybe Lakers in six. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm good with that. I think I, I agree with you. Uh, I, I, You know, it, it's tough. I, I think we can run the next two in L.A. Um, but like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if we did split in L.A. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'll go six here, too, unfortunately, because we had a prime opportunity. Do you think Jai play next game or no? Uh, I think he misses one more game. I think he comes back game four. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, there you have it. Lakers in six first round. I got us getting. I got us getting to the conference finals though. By the way. Yeah. So same. So so we'll move on, man. Uh. So, um, the NBA players have actually been bananas, and it leads me to stay in the Western Conference with the Suns and the Clippers tied at well one one right. Yeah. Um, one one. What do you think about that series and what Westbrook's bringing to the Clippers? Man, honestly, it's kind of what we said that, you know, Westbrook, that he would be a better fit there and he would be a better fit there for um, a, a multitude of reasons. One being the fact that he's not taking up 47 million of their cap space. So he gets to just kind of be he got he gets to be a, a, another guy there. You know, he's a guy that's on a basically a minimum deal for them. He's not, you know, making them sacrifice their depth. And it is letting him be more so of who he is typically as Russell Westbrook. I think that the bigger impact that he's had in this series, honestly, has been his defense, um, which is what is a little bit shocking to me. Um, you know, even in the game, game one that they won, he didn't really have it going offensively. I think he may have shot three for 19 um, in the game. I still don't understand why Devin Booker fouled him late in that game on that shot attempt. I, I don't understand. Russ was going to brick that one too. But um, but his impact has been felt in his typical game, his hustle. He's going to get on the boards, offensive glass, and then defensively he's been locked in. Um, and so it's definitely brought an interesting aspect to this series. And to me, this series comes down to star power versus depth. And that's what, you know, is going to come down to a lot with Phoenix in this playoffs, star power versus depth, because you're able to see they don't have the depth. Yeah. Yeah, man. So what you got, where you got this series going? Man, it's a tough one. I think that this is, I think it's going to be a long series. Um, I still, I mean, going into the series, I had the Suns winning it. I'm still going to say that Phoenix gets out of this series and ultimately wins it. In seven, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Phoenix. Oh, in you got seven. it in seven. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna take Phoenix in seven. Uh, I respect that. Yeah. I mean, in watching this series so far, it does seem like KD is a little like the new guy on the block. You can really tell he's new to the team, um, and and his ability to figure out how he's gonna play off of a book. Um, they both had twenty plus points through the first two games. Uh, well, clearly Book had 38 last game, so yeah. Book is really like the leader there. But it's interesting to see how those guys are meshing, you know, in throughout the throughout the game. But um, I, I think the Suns will take it in six. Ultimately, I don't think Westbrook's offense will hold up here. Um, but I, I think Westbrook, you know, I think at this point he's just a hustle guy. He's gonna get your rebounds and stuff like you mentioned. I don't think that he's a prominent guy to to go take over a game. Uh, Kawhi has been phenomenal. That's what yeah. I was going to ask you. Yeah, phenomenal. He's been fresh, man. But I, I think without Paul George, I don't think that they can get it done. I think they really, they're really, really missing Paul George and his ability to defend and his ability to bring more offense. So I think that because of that, if, if Paul George doesn't come back in this series, I think that this, this win uh, in six games 
with the, um, with the Suns. And, you know, the Suns, I think they are a scary team because they're just getting going. You know, the the more they, they lay around in the playoffs, man, the more and more you, you can kind of see and believe that they'll be a championship team. Now, I will say, it's like you mentioned, the depth of the Suns does concern me. And that's what I was going to say. That's what I was going to allude to is that in a long – a prolonged playoff run in a series that, like you said, you see it going six. I think I see it maybe going seven. You know, you'll have a tough second round series, a tough potential conference finals. Um, and you're saying that really it looks like um, at least KD and Book are going to have to play 40 plus minutes a night. Like it doesn't yeah. seem like they're going to have many games where they're going to be able to play 35 minutes and get away with it, play 32 minutes and get away with it. So does that weigh on them over time of, you know, having that kind of extended effort like that? So that's the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause with the Suns. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And, you know, you know, Katie's no spring chicken. And if you're requiring him to play 45 plus minutes a night, you know, I don't know how that's going to go. But I think Monty, like, hey, who who am I gonna go to on this bench? Because I was like, I'm like, I want to win this game. Who am? Where's my death here? You know. So I, I mean, you look at his. They're gonna need more help from the supporting cast if you're talking about them making a championship run. But yeah. Um. So I mean, moving along, uh, we we got we got some other good things going. The Boston, you know, we we can talk about Boston and Atlanta now. There's nothing to talk about. Boston will sweep this series and win with no problem. But what I do want to discuss is Trey Young. What is Trey Young? Where is Trey Young sitting right now in your regards of those young players uh, that could be potentially be the face of the league? Because when Trey Young first got in, you know, people always, you know, acclaimed him and, and said he would be one of the best. You know, people so far as to was to go as far as comparing him to Steph Curry at one point. But now that you're seeing the, the Hawks about to get swept, you know, you have the addition of DeJounte Murray. Uh, you got John Collins over there. You got, um, um, shoot, who's the rebounder there? Uh, Clint Capella. Clint Capella. You got, you got some talent over there. What yeah. do you, how do you view, how do you view Trey Young at this point? Is he overrated um, or, do you feel as though the verdict's still out? Yeah, it, it's tough. I think in that uh, latest anonymous survey for the players, I think they voted him the most overrated in the league. So um, obviously the players feel that uh, he's overrated. Um, I believe that he's overrated to a degree. Uh, I believe that Trey Young at best is a tier two player in the league. Um, I don't think that he's you know in that upper echelon of like elite status. But he's in that tier two, tier three range uh, within the league that, you know, he's an all star. He's a guy that you can, you know, once he's combined with some talent, you can maybe kind of get on a run. I mean, he has led him to a conference finals. We we do got to give him some credit for that within his career, lead him to a conference finals, at least that. And that's not something that everybody gets done. But when you're a tier two, tier three type of player, that's kind of your peak in a sense of getting the team on that type of run. So I do believe that he's maybe a little bit overrated. I do kind of agree with the anonymous survey, uh, but at the same point and same token, I don't think I viewed him to be like that elite type guy that could take you on a finals run. Like let's just say Allen Iverson did or something like he's not in that type of status or stratosphere. And they're a team that to me is in a tough spot. Cause I think they're going to stay in that kind of mid tier where you're not good enough to get it done, 
but you're not bad enough to keep getting good pieces. So you kind of stuck in purgatory. Yeah, I think you explained it perfectly. I mean, you look at a guy averaging 26 and 10, you never you never would think that you would talk uh, about a guy that's putting up those types of numbers. But it's like you said, I mean, the impact of the game. Uh, I even look at AD as the criticism that he embarks upon. You know, I mentioned that he had, what, 12 blocks in two games. You know, uh, defensively, he affects the game and impacts the game. And offensively, we know what he can do when he gets it going. But I think Trey, I think Trey, I don't think, I don't see that in Trey. You know, he, the, the fact of how he can impact the game, I don't see it. I don't see him making other people better, even though he has 10 assists. He averaging 10 assists a game. But, you know, we talked about Westbrook a couple episodes back or maybe months ago. It was like his assist does not make people better. So, yeah, I mean, I think Trey, I think Atlanta may, may have to evaluate looking to move on from him, you know, try to get value while they can. But, yeah, it's like you said, they're going to be swept and they're going home. And I like DeJounte Murray better than uh, Trey. Well, I mean, I guess I can kind of see it, too, uh, with DeJounte Murray. Uh, because, I mean, when you look at DeJounte, uh, one thing you definitely know is that he's a two-way guy. Uh, which is something that Trey is not uh, at this point, obviously, within his career. I don't know if he'll ever be that. Uh, and then, of course, just flat out, he's a bigger guard. Um, even in this last game, um, you know, he honestly performed better than Trey. I think what he put up 29, 6, and 6. Um, so, I mean, I, I can see what you're saying. Uh, I don't always like the antics of DeJounte Murray. Like, to me, he does a little bit too much at times. So I want him to kind of chill out a little bit, but uh, he is a decent talent, but it's just like, like I said, when you look at that team, they have pieces, but I, I just don't really know how they ever potentially really get over the hump. Like, I think they thought that DeJounte was going to be the, the thing that got him over the hump, but I just really don't see it. Yeah. I mean, it had, it had transpired yet. You know, they had uh Sadiq Bay too, you know, and he's a team, he's a player that, you know, Maybe fools go, you know, he performed well in Detroit. Uh, but when he got to Atlanta, you know, you know how it goes. You know, I think, you know, you've seen the same thing with Kuzma. Like, you know, Kuzma can go to Washington average almost 20 points because he's on a bad team. But with the Lakers, he couldn't really find his way. So, I mean, you know, we'll see what this Atlanta team does. But I, I think, honestly, I think they should look to trade, trade and see if they can get what they can get for him. And, you know, to Trey's defense, he may go to another team and fit better and, and perform better. You know, you never know, you know. But, yeah, that, that wow. series that series is all but over. Boston is steamrolling right now. I expect that to be a sweep. What do you think? Yeah, you said it. That's going to be a sweep. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll move on. We won't spend more time there. We got Cleveland in New York, uh, another series that's going down, split 1-1. Um, I thought that New York was going to go up 2-0. Uh, but Cleveland uh, stepped up, and then as we record this right now, uh, by the time you hear this, the the, the series is at one one. They play again Friday night as we record this on uh, Wednesday night here. But I mean, what do you think about that series? I, I mean, I got that series going seven. Um, I think that the Knicks probably will edge them out, uh, but but it, it, it's gonna be a good series. It's not my favorite first round matchup, which will we save the best for last after this one, yeah. but. You know, what what are your thoughts on this Cleveland Knicks series here? Yeah, honestly, like you said, to me, this is one of the uh, closest or more even matchups. You know, I understand that game two was kind of looked at as a blowout by Cleveland. But I think that this is a, a series that will go back and forth. 
I have it going seven, honestly, as well. I think I sit on a different side of it with you just because I think my belief in confidence in Donovan Mitchell is what ultimately makes me believe that Cleveland on their home court in a game seven, that they'll get it done off of just my belief in Donovan Mitchell and how elite I think that he is. But uh, I think that, you know, we saw in game one, the way that Jalen Brunson closed that game, you know, it made me think, I know that Mark Cuban and and the Mavs had to be kind of <laughs> kicking themselves watching that effort. Um, and so it, it's just a series that's going to go back and forth. The Knicks have some high level, even role players, even you saw the way Josh Hart performed in that game one. Um, we know what Julius Randle can do. Um, unfortunately, my boy R.J. Barrett has not been playing well. Uh, so, you know, maybe now what I will say, if R.J. can get it clicking, if R.J. gets it going along with what they have with Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle and the way Josh Hart uh, has played and the other weapons that they have, like I believe that ultimately they could get it done. But um, if if you don't have R.J. Barrett going, I, I side a little bit more towards Cleveland for yeah, and I don't fault you for that. I mean, a game seven, you're looking at a toss-up here. Do you have it going to seven games or what you got? You yeah, got no, I, I do have it going seven. Like, I think that, honestly, I think that they'll split the next two. I think that uh, Cleveland will find a way to get one of those games in New York. And I think that it'll, it'll be – I think it'll be a consistent split. Like, I think five and six obviously will split in order for it to go seven, and then we'll see how it falls out in that. Yeah, absolutely. I think I agree. I like I like your thoughts there. Um, I think ultimately we look at Donovan Mitchell. He had 17 uh, points. He did have 13 assists uh, in this last game, and they won. Uh, and we look at Darius Garland, and as one of the young, another young player coming up in the game. Yeah. Um, it seems to me he is a guy that really wants to create for others other than himself, kind of like that LeBron factor. But you saw he had 32 and seven uh, this past game in a, in a win uh, over New York. And it seemed to me, and he even said it in press conferences, that he was going to be aggressive. He looked at the film and saw where he could be aggressive. Darius Garland really can score when he wants to. And I think that's what people kind of underrate with him. But he's a facilitator. But when he puts his mind to it, it seems like. Uh, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is that it seems like he defers more than he wants to score. But in this game, too, it, it really it's really like he tried to set the tone and really made a point to try to put emphasis on his offense than he has in the past. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, you know, as you stated, to me, this team is only going to go as far as, you know, how aggressive Darius Garland is like. He's not going to, you know, just be able to sit back and think that the other guys are going to get it done and he'll just be able to be a facilitator. Like he and Donovan Mitchell honestly have to lead the charge here. They need to combine to me on a nightly basis. They can get no less than 50 a night. Now, I know that it works against what I'm saying by them or combining, I think, for 49 this past game. So it works against what I'm saying, but I'm talking about going forward in this series you have to have both of those guys to me looking around that 25 plus kind of average, um, you know, the rest of this series. So like you said, he has to be aggressive and he can do it. You know, he has that ability. So uh, get out there and get buckets for this team. And then you let your other guys 
like Evan Mobley and, and Jared Allen, they're going to more so hold it down for you defensively. Um, so they those two have to lead the offensive charge. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, Darius Garland, you know, scored a very efficient 32 points. You know, he's 8 for 17, 6 for 10 from 3. And, you know, he finished the game at a plus minus, uh, plus 29. So he's very – he did it efficiently. Um, and, you know, I'm interested to see how this thing turned. But – you know, I think Jalen Brunson, like you alluded to with with Mark Cuban, he, he's he's definitely showing off, and he's showing uh, he's even showing Luca how much the Dallas franchise messed up. But uh, but we'll we'll move on though from that series. But like I said, I got the I got the the Knicks winning um, in seven games. Um, so we'll move on. Um, I think I think it's time. I think. We've yep. covered every series, but we got to get to the to the big Kahuna. I think it's the I, ironically it's a two old Kings lead, but I I have the I have Golden State winning this series still, despite the Draymond Green suspension. Uh, but I think it's the most entertaining series that we have in the first round, even though it is the it is the you know it is down it is a two old series right now. What you think? Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, honestly, that game one has been the best game of the playoffs so far. Yeah, uh, that yeah. was that was high level basketball down the stretch. You know, I know, you know, uh, gosh, I'm forgetting. Uh, Andrew Wiggins missed a big shot down the stretch. Oh yeah, outside he should have hit that wide yeah. open three. He <laughs> yeah. should hit that. You got to hit that. But outside of that, man, it's that fourth quarter, especially that second half. Just you know, as a whole, uh, was really high level basketball. Like. You know, De'Aaron Fox showing up and showing that, hey, he is, you know, a premier all-star, if not superstar in this league at this point. You know, the way that Malik Monk was playing, Steph was making shots, you know. And like you said, it's just been a high-level series so far. Um, What I think is a big piece of this is the fact that for several years, Mike Brown sat as the lead assistant in Golden State for years. So (laughs) he knows how Golden State operates. He yeah. knows he knows Steve Kerr, you know, and knows as the adjustments Steve Kerr wants to make, the lineups he wants to run. Like he knows that team and that system. And so I think that that's something that wasn't talked about enough leading up to this series. I'm not trying to say that we I just, agree, you know, agree. broke it out and that we're the only ones to think of this, but I don't think that that was talked about enough heading into this series. And um, Sacramento, they they got some tools, man. They got some guys over there. So it's it's been a heck of a series, definitely high level. And then, of course, I know, too, you're going to get to the whole Draymond fiasco uh, <laughs> with uh, the latest thing. Let me ask you, do you think that he should have been suspended for this upcoming game? I don't think he should have been suspended, but I get why he was. Um, I mean, I look at the video. Sabonis grabbed his ankle, and his reaction was, get the hell off of me. <laughs> That's what I gathered from it. Um, yeah. Was anyone right? It was any action uh, 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 justified than the other? No, I don't think so. I think Sabonis was just as wrong for grabbing Draymond's ankle as as Draymond was for stomping him. But you know, it's Draymond. You know, Draymond has been suspended before for kicking people in the in the groin area. You know, he's done. He's done some crazy things in his career to where he's not given the benefit of the doubt. So I get why it was done. Uh, but I don't feel like this suspension is, is as impactful as it was back when they was playing the Thunder. You know, was it the Thunder? 
back in the day. I don't think it was that. I don't think it was that. And also that Cavs one as well in the exactly. finals. Yeah, I don't think it was. I don't think it's as impactful as that one, just because Draymond at this point is on the back end of his career, and at this point, it's, it's sad to see him go out this way because it's almost like watching Westbrook. You know, when his athleticism, when Westbrook's athleticism gone, you really can see a flawed basketball player, even though he's going to bring high energy every time. And I think with Draymond, uh, defensively at one time was 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 dominant defensively, but now. And he came along with the antics. But now that the defensive prowess is gone, all you see left is the antics. So it's sad to see him go out this way. But I, ultimately, I, overall, I feel like I understand the suspension. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I, do I agree with it? Maybe not. But I, I understand why they did it. Yeah. Um, I, let's follow a question of that. What? Do you, how do you think that the lineup may pivot? Like, is this a time where you go small and you throw Jordan Poole into the starting lineup? Do you – try to keep potentially some size, maybe play Kaminga a little bit more. Like, what do you, what do yeah, you think I, they go? I think, you know, I think Poole does need more minutes because I feel like you have to match that offense that De'Aaron Fox has. Uh, but, I, I, I mean, I, I could go either way with it. I mean, I think Kaminga gives you good minutes as well. But I, I feel like ultimately probably Kaminga probably end up with the more minutes there. What about you? Yeah, I think it's interesting to see the way that they will start. I would personally go with the three-guard lineup. I mean, that does put you in a place where Wiggins is kind of what essentially your pseudo four at that point. Um, but to me, honestly, I don't really look at kind of a, a bad matchup for him from a defensive standpoint because, I mean, it's not to me that the Kings possess so much size that would disrupt them. And I think, like you said, that offensive spark and firepower that Jordan Poole could bring, especially with him being on the floor that's going to be spread and spaced with Steph and Clay out there. And, you know, now you're putting Wiggins at the four and you got to, you know, pay attention to him and space the floor, you know, with him as well. So I think now I think I've kind of talked myself into starting Jordan Poole there. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with you. I that's my that was my first answer. You know, I do I do I agree. Now I'll ask you this now. We got De'Aaron Fox here, man. And uh, you know, I, I'll say this, you know, and I'm a Lakers fan. We're a Lakers fan, so we understand we have some late games on the West Coast, right? So you know, Dame gets it. I think Dame is very underrated. I think Dame played on the East Coast. And, and people saw him on primetime, they would uh, realize how amazing he is. We got De'Aaron Fox here. You know, he dropped 38 in game one, dropped 25 in game two. Oh, man, what do you put him in? What 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 do you put him at this point, man? He, he He's leading what, what, he, what they said. He's leading the league in clutch points or clutch yeah, minutes or whatever. He ended up it winning that clutch player award, I think, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, I mean – I mean, De'Aaron Fox, man, what can you say about him? But why, why don't he get the recognition that he deserves? Like you said, man, I think, honestly, it's because a lot of people are asleep when he's playing, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that the, the fact, too, of playing in Sacramento, man, a team that's that struggled, that had the longest streak, I think, in um in the major four sports, I think, 
the longest playoff drought until they broke it uh, this season. I think, what, 17 seasons of not making yeah, it to the playoffs. Years, so I think that, you know, it's kind of the relevancy of the franchise combined with the fact that, you know, a lot of people are asleep when he plays. I think that a lot of that adds to it. You know, I had a question that I wanted to ask you since we on this De'Aaron Fox topic and we talking about where he ranks and I'm talking about health considered both guys healthy, uh, De'Aaron Fox or John Morant. Ooh, Who you got? Man, that's a good one. And that's a real good one. <laughs> that's a really good one. Oh man, that's tough. I go John. I got to go John. Okay. okay. I mean, it, I mean, John is just, it's one of those. Is a I think I don't know. I don't want to. I because I, I, when I talk about him, I don't want to see him. I realize how great De'Aaron Fox is, but I think I feel like Ja is that player. Like you look at Memphis now, number two team in the in the in the in the, uh, in the, in the in playoffs, right on the West Coast. I, I feel like he's a player that you could build around. De'Aaron Fox, you can build around, but I really feel like Sabonis really kind of complements De'Aaron Fox so well. And I feel like those years prior to Sabonis, I feel like, you know, I feel like De'Aaron, you know, wasn't a guy that could take it to the next level. But with that being said, I mean, I could be wrong because the way he's performing, if he keeps that up, De'Aaron Fox is on the map. That's the key piece. I think that uh, I think it's it's too, not to say that it's, it's, it's a small sample size because he has been good throughout his career, but I think of this elite level that he's played at that put him in potential, let's just say, outside MVP discussions and probably have him second team All-NBA or something of that sort. I think that he needs to sustain that level to maybe potentially have the leg up on Ja. I do believe that they are sitting very close and looking kind of almost out of eye, slight edge to Ja. But it's it's very slight at this point. And and the thing about De'Aaron Fox, just like we talked about the clutch points, the clutch award, all of that, you know, in those big time moments, in the late game situations, he's going to get it done. And that's the kind of guys that I like. Us being Kobe fans for our lives and all that, that's something that we were used to and accustomed to. And I think that little bit of that Kobe bias of seeing how he performs in those moments is giving me more and more, you know, ammo to kind of start looking at De'Aaron Fox way. I think if he sustains this next season, it might be a different conversation we have. I agree. I agree 100%. I think that if he's able to advance and beat the Warriors and if he's able to get to the conference finals and lead that team, I think we're having a different conversation. So, Well, let's not say conference finals because he'd have to beat us to get there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But – I, I, you know, I think we would have, I think, you know, to your point, I think that it'll be a sooner conversation that we have, we'd have to have there yeah. and not have a recency bias. Um, so the other series we got, we got Philly and Brooklyn, Philly up by two. I feel like that's going to be a sweep. And then we got, whoops, what's the other one? Oh, we got Minnesota and, and Denver, which as we record yeah. is Denver's up like 15. So I think Denver will see. Yeah. Do, do we have to talk about those series? Those are going to be done sooner rather than later. Yeah. Um, they might be done by the time we record it. <laughs> right. Uh, so, so honestly, I don't think it's, it's much to talk about with those. Those will be done pretty quickly. No. Nah, so we didn't give, you didn't give your prediction on this Kings Warriors series. I have the Warriors winning. <sighs> Uh, uh, I have them winning, and in, in, I'll go six right here. I you go six you think they're going to win four straight? I think so. I think 
because I think they're going to win both of their games at home. And then once they do that, they're going to understand that they have to at least they're going to have to at least get one in Sacramento. And I think after coming off the back to back wins in 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 uh, Oakland upcoming, I feel like they'll go to Sacramento, handle business, come back to Oakland and seal the deal. Uh, it pains me to say it. And really, this series kind of pains me in general because I almost kind of want both teams to lose in a sense. But um, <laughs> Oh, but, you know how I feel about stuff. You know how I want them to lose. Yeah, it, it pains me to say I'm. I I can't knock Golden State, man. Defending champs, just what they've done yeah. for so many years. I'm gonna have to say Golden State. I'm taking them in seven. I feel that ultimately they'll. Um, I think that the Kings will still get a, another one of these games within this series. And I think that ultimately game seven, that experience will show up. I think the Kings will start to feel a little bit of that pressure. They haven't been there yet. Um, and I think that Golden State will find a way to be able to close that in seven, but I think it's going seven. Yeah, I think it's going six just because I I just feel like Golden State is tough at home, you know, and they're terrible on the road. They're and terrible I think that, on the road. I think that's going to be their downfall ultimately of why they won't make it to the conference finals because of that. And then, like you mentioned, they'd have to face us. But I, I just I just feel like, you know, when you're that bad at home, you know, at this point, when you're that bad away on the road, I don't I don't see you winning. And I think that just because they've been so great for so long, we've ignored the fact that they're so bad on the road. Yeah, but they're terrible on the road this year. Yeah, but the fact that they took that game one, that they were one shot, wide open shot from winning the game, it lets me know that they can win a game in Sacramento. And I think that winning two games in Oakland, and then going back on the road, I feel like they, they'll take that one close game, then they go back to Oakland and finish it up. So I got them in six. I, I think they you. went for I respect it. Yeah, man. But, hey, opinionated bench formers, we're wrapping it up. We did it again. Uh, we just want to let you know that we will be very active during the NBA playoffs. So, um, you know, just expect a lot of stuff from us uh, We're going forward. Uh, we excited. It's a favorite time of the year. How you feeling, much? Favorite time of the year? Yeah, definitely favorite time of the year, especially with the Lakers being there too. So, oh yeah, the Lakers, you know, Lakers got to be in it. But yeah, it's a good time, man. Thank you for hanging with us, man. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast to get this NBA playoff coverage. We're gonna go ahead and get uh, out of here. Um, shout out to our brother Lowe's who couldn't record with us. Of course, the three, um, the third guy that will that makes us complete. But we held it down. I think, and I think he'll enjoy this episode himself. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Opinion Bench Warmers on any of your favorite platforms. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter on O underscore Bench Warmers. And we're out of here. Later. <laughs>